everyone, and welcome back to Taproom's podcast, WTF Am I Drinking? We are so excited to join you again and talk about drinks, the ins, the outs, what they're all about, why we love them. I'm Courtney Eisman, and I'm your host. I work on Taproom's blog. I'm joined by Hannah Heath, creative lead covering brand strategy, development, and awareness for Taproom. Each episode, we're turning to a brand we love to walk us all through a different, fascinating aspect of beer and other beverages, from ingredients to process to pairings. Today, we're getting into mission-driven beer. What does it mean to set out with a social goal at the same time as a craft beer goal, and for that social goal to be every bit as important as that beer goal? How do you build a community outreach movement alongside a lineup of high-quality, crowd-pleasing craft brews? To find out, we caught up with Greg Thompson, founder of Prison Break Brewery. Along with partners Jack Straw and Jim Monahan, Greg has spent the past six years building what's known as a public benefit corporation, meaning that when you buy their beer or merch, your money is going toward an important, worthy cause. Prison Break is dedicated to helping provide second chances to those who have been incarcerated, and difficulty in finding those opportunities and getting life on track is something Greg himself can speak to. Prison Break is the result of tons of work and devotion to a personal cause for Greg and his partners, and it's already starting to make an impact through awareness, apprenticeship programs and goals, donations, and more. And Great Craft Beer is the important tool at the center. Getting Prison Break's story out there in the form of something delicious you know you're going to want to try. This is WTF in my drinking Mission Driven Beer Edition with Prison Break Brewery. here with Prison Break Brewery founder, Greg Thompson. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Um, We are very excited to talk about the brand. It's a super unique brand. There's a lot for you to walk us through. So I'm going to dive right in here. Um, You know, let's get started, you know, at the beginning. (laughs) Makes sense. Uh, If you can just, you know, tell us about your story um, and what led to this endeavor, what led to starting Prison Break Brewery. Yeah, no problem. Um, it actually started my partner, Jack, and I. We were uh, in uh, Florence, Colorado, in federal prison together. And uh, he was starting, he wanted to start a publishing business for uh, inmates. And uh, then we started talking about it and we had a little, you know, bull sessions. And we actually had access to a big room with computers and dry erase boards and it started morphing. And uh, there was a guy that was supposed to be one of our partners and he owned a brewery in uh, Bozeman, Montana. And he started telling me, telling all of us how it, uh, he had did a private labeling for a like a chain of 300 country markets around the mountain regions there. And uh, and so he approached the guy and said, look, I can I can make you your own beer, label it, name it and stuff. And, and you can sell your own product and make more money. Well, you know, as soon as he said that, something clicked onto me. And I said, well, God, we could start a prison theme brewery. I go, we could call it Prison Break Brewery. <laughs> and I go, the first name, the first beer we could do, we could go shanked. And have a picture and everything happened right then. It's actually has come to a fruition kind of exactly like we planned it. And, uh, you know, it, 
Uh, we, uh, it's kind of amazing, although it's not that easy. I've been out for six years and uh, over six years now, and we just started selling, as you know, in, in the New York area. Um, and that's kind of the, uh, you know, the birth of it, um, started in prison and, uh, then it's just, you know, we started, started out over with nothing, you know? And, and so I just started working, building my credit, spending money on like trademarks and stuff like that. And we tried publishing and, and some other stuff first and lost all that money and, uh, found some investors, uh, family and friends. And, uh, we just keep chugging along and, uh, now, uh, Things are actually taking off, so uh, that's about how it had happened. Oh, it's exciting! It's incredible! Yeah, it's exciting! It's taking off now. Um, and before we get into the you know the details of all the work that the brewery and this project are doing, um, I, I want to know you know why why beer? So when it came to starting this project, you know I know you're walking us through the origins here a little bit, but like what <clears throat> what drew you to craft beer? What did you think was special about that? Why craft beer over anything else? Well, I missed, I was in prison for a lot of the, the craft beer, you know, just, you know, growth explosion. Um, I was drinking, uh, this was back in the day, like Elysian. And then we have a place in California, Stone, Stone Brewing and stuff. And, yeah. uh, uh, and, uh, um, Firestone Walker. So, you know, and, uh, as, as soon as, as soon as that guy said that to me and he was in it, I was actually going to go run his brewery. And I, and I, and I always enjoyed ordering new craft beers when I would go out. Um, this is back a long time ago. We're talking in the nineties and that. And, uh, and so as soon as he said that, you know, I go, Oh, this is, this is it. This is me. Cause everybody had kind of like their own little projects. Um, uh, my partner, Jack writes music, writes books, you know, and, and this is my project. Our partner, Jim, he's more of the nonprofit. That's kind of an offshoot of Prison Break Brewery, but now he's he's right in uh, on Prison Break Brewery. But I've always liked to explore, you know, try different beers. I'm not a real uh, uh, like a stout guy, uh, you know, peanut butter beers and that. You you sound like you're way more hardcore drinking than I am. When I read That's your blog, fair. I'm going, oh, she gets around. But uh, I'm probably a little more conservative. But look, I was in the drug business for years, and, and so I drank. All I did was run around the country you know, moving drugs from one part of the country or from Mexico to the other. So all I did was half of my life was spent in bars. So I've always, uh, I've always drank a lot of beers. Um, like I said, there wasn't the, uh, there wasn't the, uh, assortment, you know, the uh, variety that there is now. And so I haven't really explored them as much, but like I, I've been, I've been a beer drinker and, you know, different kinds of beers all my, you know, all my adult life. So it just seemed a good fit for me. We were just coming up with ideas and assuming that one just seemed to click inside me and go, wow, this is so me. So I pursued it. Cool. I love that evolution um, for you that, you know, craft beer was still kind of on the rise. And then now that you're starting your own brand and, um, you know, when you guys came to New York, I loved seeing the huge launch in Times Square and then launching with Taproom where you could actually buy beer online, which is already like a huge phenomena for like this generation. So, I mean, how cool that you get to be a part of this, you know, evolution of craft beer. That's awesome. Well, you know, that's what I like about Taproom is this is the, the this is the next frontier is online sales. It's in its nascent stages. Let's face it. I mean, it's, you know, there's there's a lot of growth room, um, you know, business to business, 
basically it's a it's a zero sum game. If I if I go in and take you know start selling my beer in a place and some somebody's going to quit drinking another brand, the the market's pretty much mature. Uh, it's growing slowly, but it's fairly mature. Uh, the online thing that that's a that's a whole nother thing. Um, actually, we're waiting right now because you guys have to build us a website. Uh, our it's our website, but it's integrated through your system. We can't sell in the thirty three states yet, and uh, we got we're kind of more of a national. We want to be we our brand has always we've always planned on it being a national brand. So we're looking forward to that. And and you guys, I like. I like it. You know, this is kind of the, you guys are in the infant stages and, uh, and we want to get with that. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the other breweries and I really don't, they, they'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll sell you, you know, you can sell my beer, but we're going to get behind it. You know, we're going to, we're going to get behind it. We have, we have plans uh, about how to market ourselves, and uh, we've had them since the beginning, since prison and, uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but this online thing allows us because it takes a long time to, uh, expand to different states yeah. uh, physically. Whereas now with this platform, uh, I'm, I'm in most of the country. Um, so exactly. at least if people say us and go, hey, that's a cool idea. Well, heck, I can buy a six pack. Let me go ahead and support them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, on that reach, really, on that, you know, sort of potential to grow nationally and everything, what do you think is, you know, you know, we know you had an interest in craft beer to get started in this, but do you think that there's also like craft beer is sort of uniquely positioned as a good tool to bring people together, to get a message out? Like, do you think it's sort of a unique thing there and it's like power to reach people? Yes. And for one reason, and like I went to the beer conference, not this year, but last year in Denver, uh, you know, the, and uh, everybody is in the craft beer business. They're not like, they don't try to, you know, like, you know, they don't hate on each other for the most part. Everybody's very supportive and, and I, it's very unique in ways. It's not as doggy dog as a, as a lot of other businesses. Well, look at tap rooms. I'll carry other tap rooms products. Um, it, it's a supportive thing. And, uh, we've talked to so many, like I talked to a lot of brewers and they said, look, when you get your apprenticeship program up, you know, we would be more than happy to take someone the man or woman who's getting out of prison, they train them in either in brewing. You know, you, it's a long process to get to be a brewer. You know that. You got, you're got you going to be washing out tanks, cleaning lines, you know, canning, everything else. And uh, it's it's just seems like a, a, a industry that really wants to help and give back. And if you go out the Brewers Association website, you see that. There's all kinds of people trying trying to help. And that's what... Uh, that's what made me know I was on the right track once I started meeting these people and they were all open to that. I go, wow, this is a perfect fit for uh, what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's definitely a unique community. Courtney and I actually just did a blog post where we asked um, the, some of the brands that we work with what some of their favorite brands were. And we loved reading through all the responses that like nobody held back and, you know, everybody had such good things to say about, you know, essentially some of their competitors, but they don't see it like that. I think they're very inspired by the people that they work with. And you're so right. It is a very unique uh, part of this community. Yeah, I was, you mentioned that and uh, I'm, I'm very inspired by one product here in California. And, uh, and I, you know, I want to blow them out. Don't get me wrong, but uh <laughs> But I have ultimate respect for them, uh, what they've done. And uh, 
and even, but even their beginnings in that, they're, they're kind of a cool beer out here now. It's, it's a Firestone Walker beer called 805. And, mm-hmm. Okay. They're now the biggest craft beer seller in California. They passed Stone. And, uh, but their beginnings, it was, it was two trust fund babies. Firestone is Firestone Tires. He's one of the heirs. And they started a winery years ago up in, uh, uh Paso Robles. Well, then they started a craft beer business. They didn't just say, hey, let's, let's start doing this beer thing. And they got in early, and uh, now 805 is kind of a, you know, they'll have surfing pictures. They have they make it seem like, you know, they're really cool and hip, but uh, their stories, to me, you know, I think we have a better story. And, and I modeled, when I was formulating this beer, it was formulated after their beer, actually. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's We're cool. going to talk about uh, Shanked in a second, um, but you mentioned, you know, it's sort of, it's been a six-year journey, right? So... Is there anything you can sort of share about that journey? Any, you know, as this has all come together, any, I don't know, specific challenges or, or milestones in the process? <laughs> oh, my God. This, if I would have known this was going to be this hard, I don't even know if I would have done it. Um, it's, it has, I mean, I still drive a truck. I, I, I work 70 hours a week. You know, I help Teslas and Hyundais up and down the coast. And uh, my partner is the only one that's doing this full time. It's it's been a nightmare. I've had problems because of my record getting my license, my ABC license. Everything took longer. I was on federal and state probation for some marijuana. I was on a probation for a marijuana case from 1996 in Rhode Island, and it and it it's made it everything where I can't travel for a long time for the first few years. It's been so difficult. Sometimes I would just sit there and almost break down and go, "Man, I don't know if I can do this." I've got a good spiritual base, though, and that kind of saw me through this. I started doing, uh, following some of that in prison. And uh, the milestone, if you had to say the milestones, was getting the license. And then we were, we were having problems. I have an agreement to get a distributor around here, but he has no warehouse space for me. They're building a warehouse, and uh, the ABC here is giving them grief. So Taproom tap room saying, yeah, we'll, we'll take you, that that was a that was a big milestone. We, we were like... We were, we were very happy that day when, 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 when you guys said, yeah, you know, we'll take, we'll take you on. Um, me and my two partners, we were all like, wow, they go, this is, we always knew we had a, we had a really good thing, but we hadn't gotten the chance to prove it yet. And, uh, it was just, uh, it, that, that was a big day in our, in our thing, knowing that we were going to, uh, knowing that we were going to be able to sell our beer. That's such a testament to like all of your hard work and like really grinding out there. So congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, getting onto the shanked blonde ale. So that's your debut, right? That's prison break sort of entry into the world. Um, so you're saying it was kind of inspired by 805. Do you want to um, tell us a little bit what you love about a blonde ale and, and sort of how shanked, really you know embodies everything that you do love about that style what the taste and aroma and everything yeah. that is yeah i do it, a blonde ale for see we we needed a main this is our first beer. we don't have a tap room to support us so our first brand we have to make money off it we have to be so we can get a tap room and start doing specialty beers and stuff we have to make this work so i needed a mainstream beer and uh, a blonde ale you can make them pretty mainstream uh, you know, uh, you're not going to go with an IPA. People drink, you drink a couple or three IPAs and you're either full or you're getting a buzz. 
you know, this the the Blondale, you know, you can you can pound these. They're good outdoors, they're good indoors, and uh, this 805 I like, but it had a little more aftertaste than I like. For mainstream, you know, if you're trying to grab some people that'll usually that might drink a Miller, you know, besides the craft beer people, and if you're trying to appeal to a lot of people, we tried to keep the hoppy back, you know, after aftertaste down. And so when I went to a I went to a, a, a place called BevSores and uh, they, they they do everything, but they have a they have a lab and they formulate. So uh, I started talking to the guy and I said, all right, we're going to hire you and I'll work with you of what I want. And uh, when I told him it's kind of based on 805, he started laughing. He goes, well, he goes, I was one of the main brewers on that project. He goes, I used oh, to have wow. a walker. This guy's like a known this guy Matt Hall, he's a he's a real known brewer. Uh, he had a lot of respect. We had heard about him from other people, so we we sought him out. And uh, and he go and he go because he had told me he goes if you send me a beer that you kind of like, and then we can have a starting off point. And uh, and when I told him eight oh five and that you know and I said but I, of course I want it better and I want this this and this. And when he, when I got the uh, first samples, God, that was four four years ago. This is how long it's taken us to bring this to market. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we were just like we had our we had our socks knocked off. We were going. We were so happy um, it, that it worked out, and and it has. We've gotten a lot of positive reviews, and uh, and it's 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 easy to sell. But that's that's kind of how it came about. And he made he he gave us our first formula, and uh, um, it, you know we went back and forth a few times, and and he hit it on the first one, and. Uh, so anyway, that's that's about how that story came about. No, I that makes sense. You started touching on this a little bit. And so this is a question we always ask brands in uh, in these interviews. And it's hard because I think, you know, the initial answer is to say, well, everything, every time. But specific times maybe that the shanked Blondale is just extra enjoyable. I'd love to hear from your personal experience drinking it. You know, have you tried it with any particular foods that it just works with is it like just extra amazing you know outside you know with fret like what is it absolutely perfect for what well, you know that's what that's what i love about it you know i i like it with everything um i drink it at night when i don't have it like i don't have it in my refrigerator right now because i don't have any i'm out <laughs> when i don't have any i don't drink as much um when I have it, I drink more. I like because I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I can't say it's just an outdoor beer because it, 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 it's a good winter beer too, not just an outdoor sun. It's not that light. It's still a, it's still a four point nine ale. Um, you know, it's a uh, it, it's it's not like that. Uh, in fact, I uh, I uh, the, from the first batch that you guys uh, had, I I came down a tenth on uh, on the batch we that we're selling now in cakes. I came down on the carbonation because the one that we had made out here um, didn't taste like exactly like the one that, you know, our original, uh, our original formula, different brewer, different, you know, I'm sure maybe his, his stuff is calibrated a little different, but mm -hmm. it was a little to me, there was a little bit too much carbonation and it was disguising some of the flavor. So um, we, we cut back a 10th, which is hardly anything. And, uh, and, and I feel more of the flavor comes out because we use some, the, the yeast we use almost gives it a slight fruit aftertaste. Mm. And, and that was kind of getting, uh, uh, getting covered up by the, the carbonation. 
so we're still dialing in and we're going to see, you know, I want to see, uh, you know, how this is going. And, uh, uh, I, I, it is, it's just an overall, I mean, I had, a, I, I, I'm not kidding. I've had probably at least 20 people tell me, oh, it's the best beer I've ever drank. How do I get it? I mean, to hear this is the best beer I've ever drank is, you know, that's a, that's a compliment, but now they don't have your palate for, for beer. So, you know, um, but this, then again, you're a smaller percent, you're a small percent of the market with, with advanced palates like that. And, and although more people are getting them, mm -hmm. they're getting out. But now we've been, we, we, you know, we've been to tap like where we had it brewed the first time. I mean, there was, we got, we got real positive reviews and people would buy it right there. We couldn't sell it except there cause it was made there. And, uh, and, and so people's palates are evolving on the beer. But it was still came back to we don't want we couldn't we we had we you know we had to make this a success so we had to make it drinkable, um, you know drinkable where you could drink a few which will help our sales and apply and and our message is going to appeal to a bigger section of people than just craft beer people. That's we you know we've always planned on that right and uh, and and so to. To make it just a craft beer would have been myopic. It wouldn't, it, 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 it too short sighted for us. Um, so it's, it, it, it might, like I said, it might not be, uh, some of the, like I, our, the distributor I have out here in, uh, Riverside, he's a, he's got a lot of beers and he goes, he goes, it's really good. He goes, it's not quite enough for me. He's like, probably more like you. Uh, you know, I, I drink, a, I drink a little more, I drink a little heavier beer, hoppier beer, whatever. And so I, you know, it's, it's not for everyone, but it's but it's more geared to the middle of the middle of the road. It might be someone who drinks a couple IPAs, but knows about us and goes, "Man, I don't want another IPA, but I want another beer." And let me get something lighter. I do that sometimes. I'll I'll start off with a heavier beer, then I'll go, "Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to lighten this up here." Uh, I don't know how you Definitely. guys. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's really smart to have a low barrier to, to enter, you know, into your brand and to, um, you know, introduce them to something that's still really good. Um, I think you actually have two great factors because sometimes you have a new brand that focuses more on the brand versus the product. And then they'll come in with a light beer that maybe tastes like, you know, every other light beer. But I think if you have a great um, first, you know, taste um and you have the great backstory and brand um that's really going to stick with people and i think more likely for them to grab your beer versus something else that's you know um you know similar but not as a not as noteworthy or socially engaged and yes. that's a big thing nowadays you know but to your point <laughs> my number one always priority was look our story's gonna sell us x amount of beer no matter what people will do it but that's it. If the beer is not good, we're not going to get loyal. We're not going to get loyal drinkers, you know, people. And that was always our number one priority. And uh, it's the beer's got to be good. And we have to get the beer right. Um, if the beer's not right, the store will make, you know, we'll be successful. But I want to be, I want to, I want people to say they make good beer. Uh, you know, we have, we have some other, we have some other recipes uh, and stuff that, you know, we're ready, you know, when we're ready to bring them out, you know, our next one is another mainstream beer. Uh, unfortunately it's, it's not, it's not as crafty, but it's a big market. It's a Mexican lager, you know, um, it's nothing wrong with mainstream. We love everything crushable here. So 
you know and and yeah. it's good because you're getting the mainstream drinkers but um i will in the craft community too there's a big swing back to these kinds of styles because people do want that balance after you have you can't keep crushing those huge ip <laughs> yeah like yeah. A, a mexican style lager is i i see it you know having as big of a moment among craft drinkers too because we want those light crisp crushable flavors and, and mouthfeel the next uh the next because you're seeing we're in california now we're starting to see more craft breweries that are making a mexican lager mm-hmm. um, that's why california i thought we were starting here first it just didn't work out in our in our mexican lager is scapa and it's got like a little dude you know ch- crawling through a tunnel getting ready you know <laughs> bars are cut and he's getting out and they'll they'll think of you know a chapo guzman story but in anyways um it's uh you know the, we kind of we kind of thought we were starting in california and so our our brands are, are like escapa and that they're kind of set for that but new york has just been like hey this is you know this is great we've had we've been we we love it i love i love walking around brooklyn and selling beer i mean i've been out twice and i thoroughly enjoy it it's uh i have a good time i, I like talking about beer and i every time i go into a new place i order i always ask them you know i say you know i'll order a beer and if i want an ipa what you know i always ask them what they recommend and stuff and so i've been trying a ton of beers while i've been uh, walking around brooklyn and manhattan and uh i've been uh i've been having fun doing that that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you actually brought up a, a point there that was going to be my next question. So that's perfect, which is branding. So Shanked, Escapa, you know, the, the artwork, everything that goes into, you know, we're talking about what's in the can, but now everything that's outside of the can, how, what was the decision like there to sort of, you know, embody the prison break, you know, personality and how is that all sort of contributing to what the brand is doing? Yeah, it's a, well, you know, I've got 22 years in, I'm not, you know, I'm not just, I just didn't take a little stop in prison and go, hey, let's capitalize on this. Uh, You know, I, I, it's a, it it started in there. The names came to me in there. I don't know if you saw our other other one, Shot Caller Stout. That's our stout. And we've got a formula for that stout ale. It's got a big guy all inked up looking mean at the camera, you know, and he's a shot caller, like a prison shot caller. And then another one we have, Lock and a sock lagger, and that's got a, like a shaggy character getting hit in the head with a lock and a sock. It's kind of, it's comedic though. And uh, we put on our website, look, you know, we're not trying to glorify the most negative aspects of prison, and them are negative aspects of prison. Let me tell you. But that being said, uh, you know, we're we're trying we're trying to use them images and turn them into a into a, a positive force in the community by helping and, you know, and, and, and like I said, we're, we're in, if we ever have profits, 5% of them will go to victims of crime. A lot, mostly a lot of it for women. There's a lot of alcohol fueled assaults, domestic children, everything, you know? And, uh, and so I, I think if I'm going to sell beer, if I'm going to sell alcohol, I want you to drink it responsibly, of course, but saying drink responsibly really isn't enough. We want to get out front that, Hey, you know, there is problems with alcohol and a lot of times it's women and children suffering. And, and so when we have the, the, when we have the microphone and we're going to get the microphone, that's going to be one of the things I espouse. I grew up with two sisters. So kind of, I got the feminist traits uh, about stuff and I'm glad. Um, but you know, I, I think the, I, you know, to me, I think the alcohol business needs to be, uh, you know, recognized that there, there are problems caused by our product. And, uh, 
And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, it's irresponsible. A car can kill somebody if you have an irresponsible driver. Uh, it, you know, but that being said, uh, we're going to try to address it in the future. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> uh, that yeah, does. That's great. Yeah, yeah no, that is really great. I do like that point that you made too about, you know, using your experience as a positive force. We've seen that in a couple of brands. Um, I'm thinking about Joppa specifically, um, which is a Japanese Brazilian brand and their name of their brand is actually a slur in Brazil. And they decided to take that slur and use it as their brand name to really empower them and change the, you know, connotation. And I think about that with you too, kind of changing the connotation and using your experience, which typically, you know, gives you a lot of setbacks with trying to move forward and, you know, using it as a, as an empowerment tool for your brand. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. Great. What was the name of that again? Uh, Joppas. And that's like, like the poor people, the favela <laughs> people, or, I mean, is it a derogatory cast? It's, um, so they are, um, Japanese, Brazilian, um, like, or Japanese immigrants in Brazil. And so that is what, um, Brazilians have like um, historically called um, immigrants that come in from oh, Brazil okay. or from Japan to Brazil. Hey, that's great. And they're, and yeah. they're using it and, and that's great. Turn it into a good thing. I, you know, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Uh, so beyond that too, um, I'm going to pull it back and look at the big picture. Um, what is, what would you tell people who are just finding out about prison break right now? What is the overall mission? What do you want people taking away from this brand and this experience? Um, it's not, you know, we know it's not for everyone, but we want them, we want people that, that, that care about like issues uh, such as, you know, uh, not just, not just prison reform, but, uh, you know, uh, although prison reform is good, but, but it's, there's a lot of hopelessness for a lot of people coming out of prison. Like when I, when I came out of prison, I, I went to the federal halfway house. I was all the way broke. I was riding a bus. I got a job at a, at a, at a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, uh, like a fulfillment warehouse schlepping boxes on pallets for minimum wage for $10 an hour in California. That's the type of jobs in the halfway house. You got to work, you know, it was a federal halfway house. And that's the kind of jobs that, you know, that, you know, they, they present you with. And until I got my CDL and started driving, that would have been, you know, that would have been, that, you know, it would have been hard. I, I was 58 when I got out and, uh, you know, basically most of my life in prison, ninth grade education, you know, I, you know I'll, even though I'm, you know, fairly well read and, and, and halfway clever, that, that doesn't mean I have experience that somebody's going to give me a good job, something that's, you know, that, that would make me feel like I have some hope. And so the, the craft, this craft beer thing is, you know, to me, uh, you know, when, when they, when they see, you know, what we're trying to do in this apprenticeship program, uh, we only had one, we, we thought we were started and we had this girl go through and as soon as and she got her Cicerone, you know what Cicerone training is in, from mm -hmm. San Diego state, she got certified and she got a job for a distributor right away. Uh, they, they hired her, but it was a wine and spirits, but it crosses over. But she got, as soon as she was done with that program, she had, a, they, she had a job waiting for her. And, uh, and, and, and so that them are like careers and to, to be able to maybe help some people get a career in an industry that's, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing pallets. You know, I drive a truck, 
uh, or driving a truck in that. But this might be something that gives somebody that as a, if they went to the warehouse, they might be back in prison in a year. Whereas this, well, I'm moving my way up. I'm learning stuff. Man, I'm going to be a brewer in two or three years. Or I'm going to, you know, or, or if, if they have the right, you know, uh, personality in that, we want to train them to be a rep, uh, you know, to go out and rep our rep our product. So, you know, or, or if they want to, if they want to learn the, the book, the, you know, bring them in the office and teach them all the how to just work in an office. Even, uh, you know, if somebody's interested in that, it all transfers over. And uh, I, it's just I know how many people, how many, how many times you I've gotten out of prison a few times and I would start working and I would just go, well, God, I, I can go get a few hundred pounds of pot, take it back east and. Uh, you know, I'm doing way better. And so I would quit. And, and every time you quit, and you fall further behind in life. Um, so we're just, we want people to know that we're just trying to make a small dent in a large problem. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I'm, I've never been married, don't have kids. When, I, when I'm gone, I'm going to leave all my shares to the foundation. You know, uh, that's, that's just, a, you know, I've already planned on that. And uh, so for us, I know personally how hard it is and, and we're trying to we're trying to make a small dent and we might and we we're gonna have a platform to speak. We have we have a lot of stuff going on. We'll hire a publicist and our my story and it's more compelling than I let on and so is my partners. We're gonna get interviewed. You're the first one for me. But you know, we, we plan on getting t- television down the road, big you know, huge blogs and stuff. That's always been our, our business model was free advertising because of what we are and what we're trying to do. And, and like I said, we had a couple albums We're our music thing now is on hold, <clears throat> we put our last resources now into the beer. And, uh, we've missed We've misallocated our funds every time we made every mistake. You have no idea how many mistakes <laughs> we make. Well, I still make them on a daily business, but, uh, I'm learning. Um, so we just want to get that message out and, uh, and, and you know, use it, use use this business as a microphone to just bring attention, you know, to some problems. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to to hear more about the story. <laughs> yeah. uh, specifically, part of that, uh, just looking at the Prison Break website, can you talk a little bit about Out of Bounds Nation and that partnership? Yeah, that's Out of Bounds is our holding company, and. Uh, it owns half of Prison Break Brewery, half of Prison Break Records, uh, half of Unit Two Creations. That's our that's our publishing, and we've been trying to pitch a TV two TV shows for a while, and that but it, that's very time consuming. And uh, anyways, it was and it's a, it's a, a business it's a business incubator, and w- in other words, we're the we're the first companies that that out of bounds ostensibly is is helping to set up their businesses, even though we're the, we're the we're it we are out of bounds. But we are also then we're going to after we get up and running, we're going to we're going to start reaching out through. We have we have, you know, prison groups through ministry groups and that reaching out to prisoners and saying, look, if you think you have a good business idea. If you need advice, if you need financing, we can show you how to do it. If we think your eye, if we think your idea is really good, we'd like to help with you. We'd like we want to tell them the, the, the mistakes to avoid because we've made them all. Well, not all of them yet. We have a lot more to make, but anyways, um, that's, that's what out of bounds nation is that it, it, we're figuring it out now. And then, and then we're going to share it. And, and, you know, and, and if people come to us and we're going to say, no, that won't work or, but yeah, that's, that, that's how you go about this. 
was helping me so you know we've learned we knew nothing about social media i'm a i'm 64 i'm a dinosaur i don't know anything about social media but we're learning and uh and you know and so we're gonna we want to help people do that that are coming out of prison um help them prison break records after it's up and going we'll be taking song submissions from people that were in prison or out of prison now or somehow their family was affected you know their father was in and we want to take song submissions and 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 help some of them and tell them or tell them how to go about it. You know, if we say, well, we can't do anything with it, but this is what you need to do. Um, so, uh, and then write books, the same thing, how to, you know, what, what pitfalls to evolve to, you know, to avoid in the self publishing, because we made all them also. Um, so we want, cause there's a lot of in, in prison, there's a lot of guys that like, in fact, in life, there's a lot of people that were like, they played in a band in high school and, or they wrote, they wrote in their journals, oh, I'm going to be a writer. And then, and then life got a hold of them. You know, they, they got, they, they got, they got married. They had kids, they, whatever. And, and that all went away and it was all right. Well, I got to get a job now, pay my bills. Well, some of them come to prison and they have all this time and they, and, and so like there's band rooms and there's like writing classes. And people start discovering some of the talents they had when they had their dreams in high school and such. And uh, and so they, and then in prison, you have all this time. Like there's some hip hop guys. They're laying down some good rhymes. And and I know they're good. I listen. You know, I listen to a lot of hip hop and I'm going, man, I heard good stuff in prison. Um, so there's there's a lot of people that talented people in there. But now they have the time to explore that. And we want to help them bring that to market. And uh that's that's part of it man we thought we'd have this up and running it, it was just like we thought we'd be doing everything i'm telling you right now and it's, it's <clears throat> difficult um so anyways that's that's what out of bounds is about is uh, uh you know it's a business incubator we like i said we did one because we thought we were we were getting off the ground in california and then covid hit and and uh and that was a that was a hard hit for us you know we almost didn't survive um <laughs> Uh, our timing, our timing was horrible and, but for a million other people, you know, it, it does, but we, we did that one in the, in this, in the, we're, we're like, it's licensed with the department of labor, like, and with California and San Diego states are, are for our curriculum. Um, and, uh, like I said, it's, we, there's, it'll be a multiple thing. Uh, you you want to be a rep salesperson. You still got to take the training. You got to go. You got to go through the curriculum. And the San Diego State curriculum, a lot of times, it's uh, like uh, a like a stone. Uh, uh, local distributors, local brewers, they're like uh, ad hoc professors, you know. And 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 so they 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 do one on ones when you go through this curriculum. Um, they do they do one on ones with you and teach you every aspect of the business. A brewer will talk to you, uh, you know, a, a tap room owner that runs, you know, that runs the tap room um, uh, distributor. They, uh, you get to talk to everyone. I'm go I'm going to take it. I just don't have the time because I work all that. I have a full time job and I do this when I have any free time. And uh, uh, so we want we want to train them in any aspect. Like I said, everybody doesn't want to be a brewer, everybody, but there might be people, well, this looks cool. I, I took work in an office because you're working around cool people, people in the beer business. Um, you know, they might say, well, God, I, you know, I can, whatever they want to learn, if we can help them, like when we open an office, well, we're going to train people in, in mundane things, but accounting, you know, uh, you know, spreadsheet, everything. And 
people coming out of prison, a lot of them don't have this experience. I never had it, you know, uh, and, and it's set up in prison for you to fail. They, they do not set this up for you to succeed. In fact, they impede your success at every turn. Um, you know, this, this will come out more and we're going to, me and my partners will speak, especially my partner, Jack. But you think such a thing, well, God, everybody knows Word and Excel. No, they don't. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they had a maybe letter life involved with drugs like myself. And uh, so we don't want to just help them get jobs in the brewery. We want to help them learn to, you know, work in an office. That doesn't mean they have to stay in the beer business. But now they have a skill and they have experience and they have a recommendation from a company. Um, so every aspect of our business, we want to run apprentices through it. Yeah, definitely. That's so great because even, you know, for like me, for example, who, you know, I went to school to work in a totally different industry and then I ended up in the alcohol industry and that's not even what I went to study for. So I feel like that's just like how life works in general. So I think teaching people these skills that are transferable, I think it really gets their wheels turning instead of like you said, saying, okay, I have to be stuck in this one job. It really kind of gets them to explore other opportunities too, and then really find what you're passionate about. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's not rocket science. It's, you know, and it, people just need some experience and, and something on their mm -hmm. resume. Have you done this before? Well, yes, I have. Here's, I did QuickBooks. I did, you know, I, I you know, I did NetSuite, whatever. And, you know, it, as, as simple as it sounds, you know, and we just want to, we just, you know, want to do it just, I know how tough it is, and we just want to help some people coming out do this stuff. And and half of them are going to end up like you. They're going to come in. They're going to learn a skill. They might be in the office. They might be sales. Now they got a year in of selling beer, and then they're looking in. Indeed, oh, experienced salesman, one hundred fifty grand a year. Hey, look, I got to go. Hey, good, good, God bless you. Good for you. Um, you know, I want you. To, I want you to do great, man. Let me know how you're doing. Um, stuff like that. Uh, so. Uh, it's a it's a small thing, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do as many as we can. Obviously, I want to build it up big enough to take a partner, a major brewer with a with a distribution network, global global distribution network. This message will this message will play out in other countries, south especially south of the border. Um, this is going to be a big thing. We always said it was going to be a big thing. It's gonna be a big thing. If we can't. Then we can fulfill our promise of what we, of our message. If we make it big enough that people have to listen, you know, people will be hearing our message, you know, about how tough it is getting out of prison and stuff. It, this, we plan on being a national brand and then international brand. Always have, uh, you know, always have, but we're, we're going to, I don't want to do it. I'm 64. I've never ran a business. I'm, I'm a, I know nothing. The only business I've ever ran were drug smuggling businesses. But they're businesses nonetheless. But, um, you know, that's, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck in, you know, promoting this. I want to get a company to come in and then let me go out and, and be a spokesman. Let me go, you know, let me go around right. and, and let somebody else do nuts and bolts. There's lots of ambitious young people, um, you know, that, that want to, that want to be a CEO. That, you know, I'm, I'm going to be forced to be the CEO for a while. Um, cause I have common sense and, and, and I know what I want out of this company, but, that being said, um, that's that's not it's not my dream. My dream was more to get over onto the uh, onto the the nonprofit side and, and and going out and talking about that because I have a message, and my message if I could if I can make it coming out of the prison the way I did at my age, 
starting all the way over within. You can make it too, youngster. You know, don't tell me you can't. Thank you so much again to Greg and thank you all for listening. Head to Taproom to try Prison Breaks beer for yourself and let us know what you thought of this episode. Find Taproom on Instagram and Twitter at Taproom Beer and tell us if you have any burning questions about beer styles, hard seltzer techniques, and more. We just may do an episode of WTF Am I Drinking About It. Cheers! Cheers!